are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. Happy Friday, everybody. The Timberwolves are going to be in Denver this evening to take on the Denver Nuggets. Of course, the Wolves are still coming off of the terrible performance at home against the Pelicans on Wednesday, an unfulfilling homestand overall. Um, and losers of eight straight, the Wolves will be at the Mile High City to play a really difficult game against one of the league's better teams on Friday um, before heading to Portland on Saturday for a difficult road back-to-back and uh, uh, really, a, I guess, the toughest two games of this four-game West Coast swing um, are the first two, and they're within 24 hours of each other. Um, so today we're going to preview the game on Friday against Denver, continue to lick some of our wounds from Wednesday's debacle, and we'll look ahead to the road trip. What's upcoming beyond Denver as they go to Portland, Golden State, Sacramento, um, and, and really have to, to make some hay here in the coming days if they're going to make a case for being um, active in terms of being buyers moving forward closer to the trade deadline, or if um, this is the beginning of the end for the hopefulness that we enjoyed for the first six weeks of the season. So we're going to get into the matchup here in just a moment. And then after that, um, we're going to talk a little bit about the um, about the overall, uh, I guess, landscape in terms of potential trades and, and what's what's coming down the pike here for the Timberwolves. Um, once again, I have with me today Ben Shepherds from, uh, he works for Sport Radar and, and is a big Timberwolves fan. And he's helped me out on a, on a previous episode and will be with us every now and again moving forward. How's it going, Ben? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me back on the show. Yeah, absolutely. Looking forward to getting your take on all things Wolves. And uh, well, I guess let's start with um, Wolves-Pelicans on Wednesday. It sounds like you watched the game, as I'm sure many of our listeners did. What is your What was your immediate reaction to that game and I guess how unfulfilling um, it uh, it was? You know, I've just been scanning the news on Carl uh, Anthony Towns and his injury. I'm really, really hoping he's back soon. That's like the, the big thing. Um, I'm at a point right now, as I think most Wolves fans are, where I won't be surprised if the Timberwolves lose to any given team that they play. Um, they've already lost to the worst teams in the league. I'm just waiting for them to turn that around and, and start hitting shots and, and, you know, winning games. Yeah, agreed. I mean, we, do, we don't know. I mean, I guess segueing into the injury conversation, we don't know much about Towns' injury other than he was injured late in the Clippers game last Friday. After a four-day layoff, I don't know that anybody expected it would still be an issue, but um, he, especially post-game on Friday, both Ryan Saunders and Carl Anthony Towns downplayed the injury. And, um, of course, he played till the end of that game, too. Then he was questionable in the injury report heading into the game on Wednesday against the Pelicans and didn't suit up. He's currently, as of um, Thursday evening, the Timberwolves, Timberwolves PR put out an injury report for Friday, listed Towns as questionable for the game in Denver with the knee sprain. It's a different injury than the, I think it was a right knee tendinopathy that was bothering him a couple of weeks ago in Oklahoma City um, on that swing out to Phoenix um, and Los Angeles. This time around, it's left knee, uh, a left knee sprain, which is a little bit ominous. Um, but it, And then also, John Krasinski from The Athletic had an article that came out following the game on Wednesday against the Pelicans in which he discussed uh, his sources tell him that it could be a multi-game injury for towns. They don't really know yet, but it, it certainly sounds unlikely like he's going to play Friday in Denver. He is listed as questionable officially on the injury report as is Jarrett Culver who missed Wednesday's game with flu-like symptoms. And um, obviously it would be huge to have towns against the nuggets. It would be huge to have towns to take on Nikola Jokic. Um, 
I mentioned in the podcast on the episode on Thursday that if I'm the Wolves, I probably let Towns sit out on Friday and try and play him on Saturday. The Wolves are never in no world were they ever going to catch the Nuggets in the West in the regular season. But Portland is a team that the Wolves have a similar record to, and they'll be battling hopefully with for a seven or eight seed at the end of the season. And so it'd be more important to get that win. Friday is probably a loss, whether or not Towns is with, you know, uh, is able to play based on how the wolves are playing lately. So uh, we'll see officially listed as questionable. Obviously that's a huge thing to keep an eye on for Friday. Jake Lehman is still out. We know that much, um, you know, as we, uh, as we get ready for the game on Friday and, and it certainly doesn't seem likely he's playing anytime soon. I think that's something else that Krasinski mentioned in his article is, is that uh, it's likely Lehman is out for a while longer. Um, I guess, Quickly looking ahead, initial thoughts in regards to playing the Nuggets on Friday. The Nuggets are 18-8. and eight. Um, They have one of the league's best defensive units, which is perhaps a little bit surprising um, on the surface. And they actually haven't been all that great offensively. I mean, they're still obviously good. Um, but they, they are number one in opponent, opponent points per game. They're giving up under 102 points per game. Defensive rating is third in the league. Um, what, what's the first thing that sticks out to you, Ben, when you look at the the matchup with the Nuggets, I guess outside of the Towns-Jokic matchup, since it seems unlikely that we're going to get that. Yeah, um, I think that I think I'd, I'd like to see Towns sit out on this one anyways, like you said, um, come back fresh against the the uh, more winnable game against the um, Blazers. But the, the Nuggets are a good team. They're very hard to beat, um, especially when, when they're in Denver. Um, you know, I think we're going to see a, a slow-motion 20 point game, at least out of Jokic. Um, I'm not really sure how, how the Wolves are going to, if the, you know, I'm not sure how they would pull off a win against this team, especially without Towns. Yeah. And most of what the Nuggets do, as I mentioned, is, is predicated on their defense. They're not a great three point shooting team. They don't get to the free throw line that often. Um, and I mean, they, they actually, they don't play fast either. They're, they're kind of, you know, you mentioned uh, they're kind of a slow plotting team. They're not really in a hurry. They're fine slowing the game down and, and having less position or less possessions rather um, over the course of the game. And that's the sort of team that can beat the Wolves, um, you know, a team and also a team with high usage guards who can score in a variety of ways. And Will Barton fits that mold. He is now a starter for the Nuggets. Um, he's been underrated for a while, had some injuries over the last couple of years. He's averaging 15 points a game, shooting 41 and a half percent from beyond the arc. Um, seven rebounds and, uh, and, you know, is pretty much, you know, he's a solid defender, really good player. Um, Gary Harris is, is another decent wing player. Jamal Murray is probably the guy that Wolves fans are most familiar with, and he's the one they need to look out for the most. He's not quite as good of a three point shooter as Bartner Harris. Um, but Jamal Murray's every bit as, as dynamic. Um, he can get to the rim. He gets to the rim more often than those guys. Um, he can score in the mid range. Those are exactly the type of guards, those kind of combo guards who like to handle the ball in the half court that the wolves just haven't been able to contain in their pick and roll coverage primarily. But um, that's what the wolves are going to have to look out for. And, and a key for the wolves is going to be to try and speed this game up um, as more possessions is better for the wolves in a, in a game against a team like the nuggets. Um, we're going to get a little bit more in depth on a couple additional keys for this game. Um, next up, I did first, however, uh, before we get into that, I wanted to mention our friends at Casper. The original Casper mattress combines multiple supportive memory foams for a quality sleep surface with the right amounts of both sink and bounce. 
Get $100 towards select mattresses by visiting casper.com slash locked NBA and use promo code locked NBA at checkout. That's casper.com slash locked NBA with promo code locked NBA, L O C K E D N B A at checkout. Terms and conditions apply. And if you can't visit Casper right now, you can find this and all other offers from Locked On Sponsors at LockedOnPodcast.com slash offers. All right, just to wrap up talking about the Wolves-Nuggets matchup, um, the Nuggets have won four straight games. Of course, the Wolves have lost eight straight. Um, the Nuggets most recently have beaten, actually, they're, in the, they're wrapping up a five-game homestand. They've beaten Portland, Oklahoma City, New York, and Orlando at home. So not exactly a murderer's row of teams. All four of those teams are under 500. Um, I take that back. Orlando, I guess, is above 500, but still not exactly a murderer's row of teams. Uh, prior to that, they lost three in a row on the road at Boston, at Brooklyn, at Philadelphia on an East Coast swing. So the Nuggets have been fairly streaky um, this year to this point. They already have winning streaks of six, the current winning streak of four. They've got, um, they had a streak where they lost five out of six games um, not that long ago. And this recent homestand has pushed the record back to 18 and eight. Um, as we alluded to in the opening segment, the Nuggets offense essentially just revolves around Nikola Jokic in the half court. They don't get out and run all that often. And um, if the Wolves, the Wolves are going to need to con- try and contain Will Barton and Jamal Murray. Um, and, you know, basically, if they can do that, um, they'll have a shot in this one. I mean, Jokic isn't scoring. He's not a prolific shooter. He's only scoring 17 points a game. And basically, he's at his best when he's able to stand at the top of the key and distribute the ball. Um, and the Wolves need to be jumping in passing lanes and expecting that uh, more so than expecting Jokic, you know, looking to score um, all that much in this game. So uh, absolutely going to be difficult for the Wolves Wolves to win this one, especially if Carl Anthony Towns doesn't play. The Wolves and Nuggets, even last year when the Nuggets were, um, you know, one of the best teams in the entire league, and they're not quite playing to that level yet this year, the Wolves still played the Nuggets tough. And of course, it was two years ago when the Wolves beat the Nuggets in game 82 of the regular season to make the playoffs and Denver missed it. A lot has changed since then, obviously. Um, but the Jokic Towns, I guess, uh, I guess it's a rivalry. Um, we could call it that the Jokic Towns rivalry is fun. So it'll be too bad if Towns can't play because that's always a something fun to keep an eye out for when these two teams hook up. All right, we're going to transition to talking a little bit about the, this is kind of the end of the first week of the unofficial trade season. We talked a little bit earlier this week about um, the start, unofficial start to trade season here at, at uh, Lockdown Wolves. Remember Sunday, this last Sunday, December 15th was the first date that players signed as free agents over the summer could be traded. And that means that there are just that many more deals that are possible from a salary standpoint. And, um, you know, there's been just a few more rumors, a few, a little bit more chatter out there in the NBA blogosphere and around um, just around the sports media in general. So, wanted to touch on some rumors and I guess some non-rumors as well. Um, so, Ben, what have you noticed so far this week that either has been significant or you feel like has been overblown, or maybe a, a great take or a bad take or a rumor that you saw? Um, I guess what stood out about this this first week of trade season. Um, well, everyone's talking about, obviously, the D'Angelo Russell trade, if we could get that done. Um, on Dunking with Wolves, I found an article outlining why that would be a bad idea, um, just because it would cost so much and, you know, giving up Covington and uh, probably picks. And uh, I think I think that that if you think that um, that it would be a bad idea to acquire D'Angelo Russell, I think that you'd be you'd have to be OK with being mediocre all season. Um, so another. 
you feel like um, acquiring D'Angelo Russell would, you feel like that's something that Wolves should try and do? Absolutely. Yeah. I think, I think pairing him, you know, as a good point guard with Towns and Wiggins, I think that's what makes the Wolves a good team. Um, they're, they're not playing well. And yeah, I think, I think a star guard for sure would, would give him a boost. What do you feel like, uh, what do you, what would you be okay with the Wolves giving up for him? Um, I, well, I think you have to give up Covington. Uh, I think he fits very well with, um, with the Warriors roster. Uh, Teague is an excellent backup point guard as well. I think, I think that they'd welcome him into the trade. Um, and then maybe probably, you know, they'd probably want one or two picks, at least one first round pick. I'm sure I'd be okay with giving up that as well. Yeah. I think D'Angelo Russell brings enough offensively to the team that it'd be worth it. Yeah, any concerns at all about? And I'm mostly playing devil's advocate because I think I think it does make a lot of sense for the Wolves to try and acquire a second star. I mean, I guess that's kind of a given. But I, I guess one of my concerns would be swapping out the team's arguably the team's best defensive player, Robert Covington, and acquiring a guy who's who's pretty well known for not being a good defender in Russell. Um, so, I, and I guess the Wolves' defense was okay during the first part of this year, which which might have made that a little bit more palatable but now that the defense has struggled so much you know how do you feel like they would be able to overcome swapping out a good defender for a bad one um i think i think as long as we're only giving up covington as far as our good defenders um i think that russell makes up for it on the offensive side of the court um i i did you know charles barkley did laugh at the fact of towns booker and and uh D'Lo playing together saying yeah. that those are three guys who don't play defense, but um, I, I do think he makes up for it on the offensive side of the floor. Yeah, I, I think to some extent that's true. And also, I mean, the Wolves would then need to, they would be less of a big deal to play. So I'm not suggesting that a, that a lineup of D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns with like a couple of Trivia and Graham types, no offense, all defense guys on the wing. I'm not saying that that's a playoff team necessarily. I think it probably would be, um, but because I don't think Trayvon Graham is the answer for any contender as a starter. Um, but that sort of a model, like say the Wolves gave up Covington, Teague, and a couple picks or some something like that, but they get to hang on to a, a Kogi, Jarrett Culver. Um, I, I do think that there's a path for this team to be really good if they have a guy who can shoot off the bounce better than Jeff Teague and is more willing to shoot than Jeff Teague, have a D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns pick and roll combination, and then populate your wing with a combination of Josh Akogi, Jarrett Culver, um, Trayvon Graham, hopefully some better defenders who can act, who can shoot a little bit better too. Um, so I guess better versions of all those guys. I do think that Akogi's a fit moving forward for a team like that. He, he's great in, in transition and he's a good defender. Um, but, you know, a couple of true three and D guys who are, their calling card might be on defense because you'd need that on the wing to fill in between Russell and Towns. But I think there's definitely a path where that could work. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think I think once um, Akogi figures out his shot, that I think that makes him a really good player as far as three and D. Uh, he's an athletic beast. He's you know he just needs to he just needs to work on that shot. I think he I think he remodeled it a little bit out in the offseason. I think he's still just settling into it. But yeah, I think figuring out his shot is is key. Well, yeah, and not to get too far off on that tangent, but as long as he he doesn't need to like create or anything even in the offense he just needs to make open jumpers and he's doing that at a better rate this year than he did last year I mean, his straight just shooting percentages are up i mean he shot basically 38 and a half percent last year total from the floor like overall from anywhere 
he's over, he's almost at 42% this year. He was 28% from beyond the arc last year. He's 31% so far this year. Um, from the corners, he's actually shooting the ball less from the corners this year than last year, but he's, he's actually shooting 45% on corner three point attempts so far this season. Um, he missed a couple in the game on Wednesday against the Pelicans. There was one where he had a wide open corner three clanked it and the Pelicans came down and hit a three and it was a huge sequence. Um, but if he can hit corner threes at a 45% clip and just hit threes from anywhere at, you know, league average 33, 34%, he's a valuable, valuable player at, at, you know, at, at those percentages. Yeah. I mean that you could almost compare him to uh, like a Robert Covington style player. If he's, Uh if he's hitting, you know, more than 35%. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, And he's, you know, just generally, um, he's been better this year than he was as a rookie, which is to be expected, but remember he's still only 21. So, you know, I think it's fair to assume that he's going to continue to improve in some of those, some of those areas as well. Okay. Um, any other thoughts related to the, uh, I guess D'Angelo Russell specifically before we move on? Uh, no, I think we've got all our bases covered there. Okay. So we're going to, um, head into our last segment and talk a little bit more about other rumors that might be out there and, you know, look, take a quick peek ahead at the upcoming, Schedule for the Wolves and, and what we foresee happening on this road trip. Before we do that, did want to talk about Breaking Tea. If you're looking for a last-minute fun sports gift for the holidays, go to breakingtea.com slash locked on. Breaking Tea makes sports t-shirts around teams' passion moments. These shirts are great for all fans. We're within a week now of Christmas, and all the holidays are, are you know, well underway. So head to breakingtea.com slash locked on, and then feel free to search the site for great shirts and fun sports gifts. That's breakingt.com slash locked on. All right, we're going to continue the trade conversation by talking a little bit about the, I guess, the latest rumor uh, that cropped up middle of the week this week. The New York Knicks have taken Dennis Smith Jr. out of their rotation. He's played in only 18 games so far this year. He, of course, was the ninth overall pick just a couple of years ago, 2017, with the Mavericks and headed to New York as part of the Kristaps Porzingis trade last year. Um, for all of his athletic gifts, he has not been a good NBA player. Um, coming into the league, he was seen out, out of NC State, he was seen as a guy, ultra-athletic, um, maybe a little bit of a, you know, a, a slightly more slender version of Russell Westbrook, perhaps, was kind of the thought. Um, and then uh, as a rookie, Smith Jr. averaged 15 points a game, five assists. That part looks nice. Um, turnover rate was not good. He only shot he shot under 40% from the field, 31% from three. Wasn't a good defender. Was traded midway through his second season last year. The, the Mavs pulled off a, a, a really strong trade to get Porzingis. And uh, despite a, a pretty decent finish to the year for Dennis Smith Jr. last year with the Knicks, he's really struggled this year, was benched by David Fisdale before he was fired, and now is still not part of the rotation. There was a rumor that, that came up the other day I don't recall where it was exactly, but it was it was not like a it wasn't like a Adrian Wojnarowski or anybody like that uh, source. It was it was a New York uh, paper, I think it was, that had the rumor um, related to the Wolves being one of the teams interested in Dennis Smith Jr. I believe the article, the, the phrasing in the article was that there were multiple teams interested, and the only team he named was the Timberwolves. Oh, it was Ian, it was Ian Begley of uh, of SNY is where where it was. Um, so he said several teams are interested, only mentioned the Timberwolves. I don't really know what to make of that. It doesn't really seem like the type of player that Gerson Rosas would be interested in. All that to say, Smith Jr. is still just 22. There's tons of upside. He's super athletic. 
But to this point, there's been nothing to suggest that he's going to turn into a solid pro. Um, ben, what are your thoughts on a potential trade for Dennis Smith Jr. and I guess potentially your thoughts on him in general as a player? You know, I think I think Dennis Smith Jr. has a lot of potential. Um, I'd definitely be okay, or I'd entertain the idea of trading for him to, for, you know, if the price is right. I, I don't I don't think I'd be comfortable giving up Robert Covington or anything like that. But I know right. I know they would ask for him. But yeah, like I said, I'd, I'd be okay experimenting with him um, just to see if he would be a better fit with the Wolves versus the Knicks. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that that's certainly possible. I, I think that that sort of a player, a high usage guard, um, who is dynamic and athletic, could actually be a great fit to pair with Towns, and that's one of the reasons why D'Angelo Russell is an intriguing fit because he he can actually shoot the ball far better than Dennis Smith Jr. But to have a high usage guard that can get to the rim, get into the paint, kick the ball into an open Towns that can run the floor. Um, I think all those things are attractive. And, and so I guess from that perspective, it, it makes a little bit of sense. Um, but it's, it's, I mean, certainly, yeah. I mean, I don't know that the Knicks would have any use for Robert Covington anyways at this point. I think they would just be looking for a pick, um, you know, maybe some, some cap relief. But um, yeah, I mean, maybe if the price is a second round pick, it's something that I would consider. I mean, there's certainly some, there's certainly some upside there still. And, but I wouldn't give up real assets um, for Dennis Smith Jr. at this point. Certainly somebody may be worth taking a flyer on. If the Wolves see this season continue to go down the tubes, then yeah, it, it'd be hard to, to you know, turn your nose up at that, I guess. Um, any other rumors that you saw out there? I feel like there was one more um, that wasn't Dennis Smith Jr. and it wasn't D'Angelo Russell. Um, I know. Oh, Kyle Lowry. Yeah, Kyle Lowry. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Um, I would love to have Kyle Lowry on the Timberwolves. Uh, it, you know, experienced point guard. I think he'd be a great leader. Um, you know, he's been to the playoffs, whether he's played well in the playoffs or not, you know, but he's been to the playoffs a bunch. If we could get there, I think he'd be an excellent mentor for for these young guys. Yeah, and to be clear, that was a rumor that was out there in October. It was a Adrian Wojnarowski, Zach Lowe rumor from ESPN. Um, and then... Um, I don't know that it's really been picked up again recently. I think just with the Raptors playing so well, it, it's become less likely. Lowry had signed that two-year extension, so he's under contract through next year as well, and it gave the Raptors some flexibility. But, I mean, Lowry's he's having a really good year. He's averaging 19 points a game, which is um, the most that he's averaged in the last – I mean, more than each of the last two years. Um, his three-point shooting percentage is stabilized a little bit after dipping last year. Um, and he would – obviously be a great fit with Carl Anthony Towns. Um, but the Raptors don't really have any reason to make that move. The Wolves don't really have anything they could, they could truly offer for Lowry unless the Raptors feel great about Fred Van Vliet and want um, Robert Covington, perhaps, I guess. Um, but the Wolves would need to match, do more to match salary. And I'm not sure the Raptors want two years of Gorgie Jang or a year and a half of Gorgie Jang. Um, I don't know that the Wolves would want to trade Andrew Wiggins in this trade at this stage. I also don't know that the Raptors would want Andrew Wiggins either. Um, so I'm not sure that there's a match to be had there, but that's probably the biggest name that could be a realistic acquisition um, that that's still out there um, for the for the Wolves. Yeah, I think I think coming off of a championship year, I think um, any of the real assets that the Raptors have, they're going to sell high. Uh, I think they they definitely value even Fred VanVleet. I think would be hard to to peel out of their hands. I, yeah, and yeah, like you said, I don't, I don't know if there's a if there's an avenue we could take to make a deal work with the Raptors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, taking a peek ahead, shifting gears a little bit, taking a peek ahead at the Wolves' schedule. 
um, with this being our last episode of the week as we head into a weekend with Friday night at Denver, Saturday at Portland. Um, and then we'll, we won't have another show until Monday morning, which will be an advance of the Wolves' third game of their road trip. Um, the Wolves, after their their Denver-Portland back-to-back Friday-Saturday, will be at Golden State on Monday. Of course, Golden State still is the worst record in the league. And then at Sacramento next Thursday. So they'll be off Tuesday, Christmas Eve, Wednesday, Christmas Day. Don't play again until the following Thursday. We'll have shows during the first part of the week. We'll take um, Christmas off, and then we'll have... Uh, we'll talk about the Kings game there towards the latter part of the week as well. Um, any thoughts on the upcoming schedule, Ben? Any predictions for the road trip or anything of that nature? Um, well, we have a few winnable games coming up. Um, and I'm like I said, I'm just really hoping that we can turn this around, get a couple, get at least a win, somewhat of a win streak going, whether that be two games or whatever. I'm just sick of seeing the Wolves lose. Yeah. I mean, eight in a row. It's been, what, three weeks since the last win, over a month since the last home win. Um, at San Antonio on the uh, November 27th, which was um, what I guess the day before Thanksgiving. So we're we're a week away from Christmas. The Wolves haven't won since before Thanksgiving. So there you go. Uh, four game road trip. I think my prediction is the Wolves do manage to go two and two on this trip. I think they probably lose both games this weekend and then come back and win both games next week. Maybe they salvage a win in Portland, but if they do that, I'm not going to um, you know get too hopeful that they end up winning three in a row on the road. So um, we'll keep an eye on, on what happens this weekend. Obviously, Carl Anthony Towns' knee as well. We'll, we'll uh, be talking about that Monday morning. Here's hoping he plays in at least one of the games this weekend. Um, but, yeah, so that's something else to keep an eye on. All right. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, any any other thoughts at all on that? Um, yeah, I, I agree. I think I do think they go two and two. Um, uh, I I do think they can beat the Trailblazers. Though I think a three-game win streak would really uh, hopefully get more people out to the, those home games when they come later. Yeah, definitely Ag- agreed. And um, it's a win. You know, in terms of road trips, it definitely could uh, definitely could be a lot more difficult. And then coming home to face Cleveland and Brooklyn to round out the 2019 calendar year, it, there's a real chance to go on a run here for the Wolves. Um, and it's really at this point, you know, it's it's now or never for them. Um, all right. Well, thanks Ben for joining me once again on the podcast. Appreciate having you on. We'll have you on again here soon. And, uh, that's all we have for you today. Thanks once again for listening to the lockdown wolves podcast, part of the lockdown podcast network. Remember the lockdown network is your local experts on the biggest stories. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the lockdown wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.